details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. Sure hope that volcano in Iceland has paid off its carbon credits. Make sure it got all of its carbon offsets paid for. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of Michael Graf in Exile underway. It is 420. Yeah. Smoke them if you got them or something. Yeah, Tuesday, April 20th, 2010. And here for another exciting, rousing edition of the program. I thank you for joining me. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Is, has been, always will be. Mike at KMGX.com. That's also the PayPal address for your most generous contribution to this program. And uh, it, it does come in quite handy. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Groff Show, the screen name. You can always send us a message 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm not always here to respond, but I will eventually. We're also on Facebook or something like that. And, of course, the semi-regular podcast that we do here from our palatial studios located in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, America's fifth largest city. So over the weekend, I was in Las Vegas. I uh, I really wasn't there to, to gamble. I was just sort of there to hang out, really. I just had to get away. I do love Las Vegas. I'm a completely different person when I'm in Las Vegas. I have a whole different uh, attitude, a whole different uh, outlook. I really... I wish to God I could just live there. It would be a lot better. I think I would do, I'd probably be able to do podcasts seven days a week. I could just uh, do them from right out there on Fremont Street. Man, what a weekend, though. Uh, If anybody else was in Las Vegas over the past weekend, uh, you know that they had this big 
Well, they had the Country Music Awards at the MGM Grand, but I, I generally avoid the strip. I was in downtown Vegas, but they had a lot of other country concerts down on Fremont Street, and it was just, it was wall-to-wall people. You couldn't get anywhere. If there is a hell, uh, that was the definition of it. That was textbook. Encyclopedia of hell. Uh, Trying to move around in this sea of humanity that was out there on Fremont Street was not very easy to do. And so uh, it was was rough. Um, Regardless, though, I still had a great time. Uh, I've, you know, I've never been... um, I have to say, I have to say, I've never actually been solicited by hookers, but I got solicited by three of them. That was great, and, you know, I didn't take advantage. I know they were offering a special weekend discount, and it's been 288 days for me, but I just decided, you know, I'd rather not pay for it, monetarily or with disease, with my genitals. I figured it would probably not be a good idea. I mean, thanks for offering. And uh, let's see, on a 1 to 10 scale, I, I would say added together, all three were about a 3. And one of them was like a 2.5, so that should tell you what the other two were like. <laughs> all right, well, we have a, uh, a real show, real busy, exciting show to get into. We've got to talk about this uh, Icelandic volcano, which is really causing a lot of havoc for travelers all across Europe here in the United States as well. As uh, people are not able to get anywhere, this is uh, substantially hurting the economy. Again, we're, the airline industry is facing uh, some hardships. Uh, so when you do eventually take a flight, they're probably going to charge you about $500 per checked bag, I'm pretty sure. Or, um, yeah, if you want to use the overhead compartment, uh, the overhead bins, that's going to cost you 90 bucks probably. Yeah, but the, the real winners are the hotels. And this is, uh, and listen, I'm, I'm all for capitalism. You know, I am, um, I'm Mr. Capitalist. I'm Mr. Free Market as much as the next guy. I'm into it, all right? But when it comes to a hotel, when all these people are stranded and all of a sudden their, their room rates are tripled, knowing that all of these people are here, that's pretty reprehensible. It is pretty despicable to do that. You know, I mean, I, I understand why you're doing that, but uh, you have all these poor people from London and Romania and all these people from godforsaken places like France and Greece, and they're here in the United States. They're here in Washington, D.C. or New York or someplace, and now they can't get back home because, because of this volcanic cloud that they can't fly through. And you have these uh, hotels charging uh, $900 a night for like a Best Western. I, I don't think that's such a... I, I I don't know. I don't think that's what Yakov Smirnov would have been endorsing. People are stuck in Europe as well. Can you imagine you, you take a, a European vacation? This is why I... I <laughs> one of the many reasons I'm always afraid to go on these, uh, these super huge worldly vacations. Um, you know, I, it's not that I would object to it. I've certainly come around to the idea of maybe one day uh, going and, and traveling through Europe and everything. But of course, what would happen is I would be the guy that would go to Europe. This would be the time I'd want to go to Europe and I'd go over there and then I'd get stuck on the end, uh, the last leg of the tour. And then they'd say, listen, OK, here you are. You're in Greece or you're in Romania or you're in, uh, I don't know, Bulgaria. Um 
and you can't get home or, or even being stuck in London. I mean, you're in London and you can't get home and it's like, okay, well, we're, I'm out of money. Where am I going to stay? Guess I'll just sleep under Big Ben. I guess I'll just sleep out here in the beautiful 40 degree global warming weather. You know, I'll just, uh, I'll hang out. Man, and a lot of people are, of course, having to, once again, dip into their credit cards. Of course, most people have their credit cards maxed out, so I don't know where they're getting the money from, but uh, that is a terrible situation. And that volcano, and, and if you think I'm going to be able to pronounce uh, the name of this volcano, uh, think again. And I know I, I heard somebody make an attempt at it. I know I have it in my uh, in my notes here someplace. Um, like, uh, here's let's see here. Uh, the impact of the, here it is. This is great. It's called the Ijafjelogical. Ijafjelogical. E-Y-J-A-F-J-A-L-L-A-J-O with an umlaut. K-U-L-L. That is the name of the volcano. It, it does. It looks like an eye chart. <clears throat> anyway, it's um, this is going to be a substantial uh, situation. And now it's it's starting to rumble again. It's spewing out another cloud of ash. So flights are still completely suspended across all of uh, all of uh, the UK. And really, they're only doing some limited flights across the rest of Europe, except for southern Europe, uh, down towards Spain, Italy. They're, they've got a corridor that they've opened up. And they're taking somewhat more unusual flight paths, but they believe that they're going to be okay because uh, the prevailing winds are keeping most of the volcanic ash more to the north. They tried flying some F-15s through the volcanic ash just to sort of see what was going on. They tried to do some uh, some maneuvering through there, and they uh, the ash damaged the engines of these F-15s. So they figured there's no way we're going to chance it and take a commuter flight through here. So you can imagine. Now, uh, the other question that many people have, aside from uh, all the chaos that's been created by this uh, volcano, many people are asking what kind of climatological impact this will have. Uh, will this be like Mount Pinatubo back when it erupted in 1991, which, of course, uh, that was the volcano in the Philippines, which dramatically uh, shifted the weather and really brought a lot of rain to the western United States in the following two years. It really uh, uh, changed. They believe it had a, a significant impact on our on our climate. And they say that this will probably not have much, if any, impact at all. And the primary reason for that is, number one, uh, the ash that's being spewed out is only going about 15,000 feet into the atmosphere. Now, in order to have a climatological impact, you need to get that ash up more toward 25, 30, 35,000 feet, up toward where the jet stream is, up toward where the prevailing winds aloft are located, which would scatter it more throughout the atmosphere. And uh, once it gets up there, you're talking about uh, it'll have more of an impact on clouds, more of an impact on, uh, on, on and it'll stay in the atmosphere longer so it will reflect... Uh, more of the solar radiation coming in, it will cause a, uh, a bit of cooling. Global cooling would actually occur. And so that would be, uh, so since the most of the ash is staying below that 30,000 foot threshold, uh, this will not have much of an impact, at least not at this time. Now, of course, anything could change. If this thing just goes in completely insane, if it decides to go nuts, then there could be some impact. 
But the other uh, circumstance which will limit the climatological impact is also that uh, this is located at a high latitude. Mount Pinatubo was located at a relatively low latitude down there in the Philippines. So since it was close to the equator, it, uh, the, the ash was spreading across more of the earth. Um, and so the, the impact was much more widespread, whereas this is a far more northern latitude. So the impact uh, probably wouldn't be nearly as significant. But uh, again, I'm sure it will have some effect some short-term climatological effect, but I don't think anything um, uh, long-term, uh, uh, provided, of course, that, again, it doesn't, the volcano just doesn't decide to go completely nuts. It's one of uh, 18 active volcanoes across the world right now. Let's see. Uh, let me see if we can find... Now, here's, yeah, the biggest volcanic eruptions can lower the Earth's temperature for a few years because sulfuric gases... Uh, can absorb and reflect back the sun's radiation. Pinatubo lofted about 20 million tons of sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere, causing global temperatures to lower by about one degree Fahrenheit until 1993. So for about two years, the global temperature lowered nearly a full degree, just over a full degree Fahrenheit. So far, more than 81,000 flights have been canceled. The ice, the ice covered volcanic, uh, the ice covered Icelandic volcano erupted for the second time in four weeks on April 14th. It is, uh, as of yesterday, it started to, uh, to erupt again. The Pinatubo eruption, which killed as many as 800 people and left 100,000 homeless, had a greater impact on the environment because uh, it was closer to the equator. So that's even what they're saying here. Uh, let's see about um, see if there's any other information that we can have for you here. Now, uh, estimate, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Well, they estimate that this volcano could continue to stir for the better part of several months. This could be going on for several more months, but they don't know. It, you know, it could just, it could, uh, it could slow down at just about any time. Now, around the world, there are 18 volcanoes that are currently active including three in Russia's Kamchatka Peninsula, one in Hawaii, one in Alaska, and uh, several others scattered throughout the world. This is according uh, to the Smithsonian Institution's Global Volcanic Program. This year, 39 volcanoes have erupted, including uh, the uh, Yasser on the island of uh, Vanuatu, yeah, there's one uh, that was erupting in the Philippines. There's one that, uh, there's, of course, uh, what was, is it Mauna Lea or one of those that's over there in uh, Hawaii on the big island of Hawaii that um, is always a concern because, of course, if that one erupts, there's uh, always a possibility of a massive rock slide into the western, uh, on the western side of the big island, which could generate a huge tsunami that would go up the uh, island chain of Hawaii. So always a big concern. So that's one of the biggest news stories going on right now is that a lot of people are stranded uh, as a result of this volcano. All right, meantime, uh, we've got, um, speaking of global warming, you know, while I was uh, looking at that story, I saw that in the Los Angeles Times, there was a story published that says that all this effort we're doing to clean up emissions, this, this just tells you how it's going. 
all this effort that we're doing to clean emissions and to uh, to eliminate uh, to eliminate all these emissions that we're that we're spewing forth into the atmosphere. Uh, a lot of these efforts uh, may actually be helping global warming, maybe furthering it along. We may be speeding up global warming because what's happening is by eliminating uh, all of these uh, pollutants, these particulates and all the uh, crap that we're putting into the atmosphere, uh, we are increasing the amount of solar radiation that reaches the surface and thus we are warming the planet further. Now, uh, it really depends on what school of thought you come from on this. Now, some say that uh, all of those pollutants help keep solar radiation inside once it gets in here. It's, you know, the so-called greenhouse gases. So it, it doesn't allow solar radiation to escape. So it just gets warmer and warmer and warmer. It's sort of the Venus effect. But others say that by eliminating uh, those, uh, those clouds, those, uh, those greenhouse gases, what you're doing is is you are uh, increasing the amount of solar radiation that comes in, thereby warming the planet. Now, uh, it would only stand to reason, actually, that you would warm the planet, but then again, you'd have a, a stronger diurnal difference in temperature because then, without all of the gases there to stop the solar radiation, you would, uh, it would escape during the, uh, during the night. It wouldn't be as insulated. So, um, just an interesting little piece I saw in the uh, in the L.A. Times today. There's certainly a lot of stuff uh, to look at there. All right, we have a controversial bill here in the state of Arizona that I want to talk about. This has to do with illegal immigration, and I bring it up again. Now, not number one, it is a local story, and uh, as much as I do a podcast that talks about things that are going on all across the country, all around the world, etc., uh, I do live here in the state of Arizona, and this is a big story. This is what we like to call a bellwether story in that it could have a significant impact on not only other states, but uh, really the rest of the country in general. And this could really be a trendsetter for what's going on across the country. And that is our, our new uh, illegal immigration bill that is currently, uh, well, it went, it passed the state Senate yesterday. It already went through the House. Then, uh, it, well, it started in the Senate. It went to the House. The House made some changes, so it had to go back to the Senate. The Senate approved it, and now it is headed for the governor's desk. She is expected to sign this bill. And it is a landmark bill. We've talked about it on the program already a little bit. And what would happen is, is that it would give the police the authority, even though they already have it, but it would increase the police authority to arrest or to ask people for identification, proving that they are legal United States citizens. Now, some, of course, say that this will only lead to further racial profiling because um, uh, the police are just going to stop a bunch of brown people and investigate whether or not uh, they are here legally. So Hispanics will be the target. That's what the critics are saying. But proponents of the bill say that this... This is just another tool that the police can use to help cut down a burgeoning problem of illegal immigration, the groundswell of crime that has occurred as a result of illegal immigration, not to mention the other uh, positive effects such as uh, health, uh, such as getting better health care, uh, cleaning up the education system, um, you know, eliminating people that are uh, uh, crimes like ID theft, 
and uh, just all the other um, sort of uh, unintended consequences or unintended benefits uh, that will occur as a result of this bill. And of course, it'll make Arizona the toughest on uh, illegal immigration to date. Now, here's the problem with this with this bill. Actually, there's not really a problem from my standpoint. But I, I can tell you that the open borders crowd and the, the type of people, the people that are opposed to this bill, they're very clever people. And they have a very interesting way of framing this issue to make it seem like if you are in favor of this bill, you're just being uh, racist. You are, uh, they, I've heard people go as far as to compare this to fascism, to Nazi Germany. Uh, and really, uh, the critics of this bill, the, especially the open borders crowd, they're very clever in how they, they handle this. They label people that are in favor of this bill as anti-immigrant. And they say that if you're in favor of this bill, you're, you're basically turning your back on your own ancestry because we are all immigrants here. Uh, even the Native Americans are technically immigrants because uh, they migrated here across the Bering Strait. And, you know, they, as we all know, everybody came from the Fertile Crescent, but everybody migrated across the world. So you're against migration. You're against immigration. And it's a very clever tactic, but what you have to understand, and when you, when you have an argument with somebody like this or when somebody brings this up, you need to keep your eye on the prize and let them know that, no, you're not against immigration. This country, there's nothing wrong with immigration. There is something wrong with illegal immigration. And I don't understand why the United States can't have strong policies against illegal immigration when other countries across the world certainly do have strong policies against illegal immigration. Like, for example, Mexico. Mexico has a military posted at its border with Belize. Why would they do that? Why would they have military posted at the border with Central America? Why would they want to do that? Maybe uh, they want to be careful about who gets in. Perhaps, you thought? I don't know why we can't take those same precautions. Um, now, of course, they also say that uh, the police are just going to go knocking on people's doors. It's just going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be like this. It's going to be... Are there any brown people in there? Any illegals? We're coming in. We're going to check your papers. You know, they think that that's actually going to happen. They think that people are, are, are just going to, you're going to be arrested uh, for, for being Hispanic or you're going to be pulled over a DWB, driving while brown, or DWH, driving while Hispanic. You know, this isn't just about Hispanics. This is about anybody that comes into the United States illegally. Um, they just did a raid down in Tucson. They did a, uh, an immigration sweep down in Tucson. And 17% of the people that they arrested in this sweep, or 17% of the people that they picked up in this sweep, were people that already had existing criminal records in the United States. These are people that had already committed crimes here in the United States, 17%, more than one out of six people that they picked up in this uh, immigration sweep had already been here illegally, probably had been thrown out, deported, and had since returned. 
See, this is the problem. See, our existing, what we're doing right now, our existing laws and our existing treatment of illegal immigration, illegal immigrants, is not working. Uh, what we do is we pick them up, we put them in jail for a while, and then we send them back to Mexico. And then you know what happens? They come back. They come back and they commit crimes again. They just, it, it's the same pattern. And we're not doing anything to stop it. Now, uh, some people we keep in the state that have committed murder. Uh, some of those people we keep here and we try to put it on death row. But, you know, we, we don't execute anybody here. So they just stay. They get three squares a day. Uh, they're taking a substantial amount of taxpayer dollars. And they're doing it because, well, they, they came here, they committed a crime. And now, I mean, they're, they're certainly in better conditions than they were in Mexico. I mean, what would you rather be? If you had to choose one or the other, would you rather be living free in Mexico or would you rather be in jail in the United States? I know what I'd choose. I'd choose the three meals a day, the television, you know, the prison sex. Gee, I mean, that's got to be better than drinking the water down in Mexico. I mean, I'm, it's, it's got to be better than what's going on down there. It just does. I'm sorry. It's that's um, <clears throat> now, of course, uh, again, the argument is, well, I mean, come on, Mike, uh, not everybody that comes here wants to commit a crime. No, of course not. Most people that come here illegally are not, aside from the fact that they are breaking the law by entering illegally. Other than that, they're not breaking uh, laws for the most part. Most of them are not drug runners. Most of them are not here to steal. Uh, most of them are not here to filch. But what, what the problem is, is that there, there is a significant population of people that come here from other countries that do commit crime and that are here for nefarious purposes. And it's not such a tiny percentage that we can just ignore the millions of people that are coming here illegally. The millions of people that are coming here illegally also, what, what should be noted, are driving down wages they're uh, they're not uh, paying taxes. Um, they are uh, using our hospitals as their primary care physician. Uh, they're uh, harming the the education system, our school system. But overall, you 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 do have to consider the crime element, and and thirty percent of the crimes that are committed in Maricopa County, which is the county that Phoenix is in, thirty percent of those crimes are committed by illegals. People that are not supposed to be here in the first place. So, I, I mean, if you just strictly, if you cut out illegal immigration, if you concealed the border, if you did something to control the border and take away the incentive for people to come here illegally, you would lower crime by the statistics by 30% in Maricopa County. That would be a pretty substantial drop-off in crime. What was there, 200 murders in Phoenix last year? Well, yeah, you'd cut, you'd cut murders down by 60. I don't know how many homicides there were, actually. I'm, I'm just, that's just a number of them, but there you go. If there's 10,000 uh, vandalism, 10,000 acts of vandalism, instead you'd have 7,000. That's still a lot, but hey, you know, you'd cut it down by 30%. If you just did your job. So now they're giving the police the ability to be able to, if, if they stop somebody and they suspect that they might be here illegally, they can say to them, hey, do you have your, uh, do you have your identification? Do you have some of your papers? Do you have your, your uh, registration to let us know that you're in this country legally? There's nothing wrong with that. 
What's wrong with that? Explain to me. Oh, they're just going to pick on Hispanic people. Do you really think, <clears throat> do you really think, the people that are against this bill, do you really honestly believe that a police officer walking down the street and he sees a Hispanic guy walk out of a Circle K, do you think he's going to go up to him and say, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, sir, I, I couldn't help but notice you're Hispanic. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to need to see some uh, some ID, sir. Let me know that you're uh, you're here on the up and up. Say what? Yeah, yeah, I, I, just, need, I just need to see that ID. Because you might be here illegally. Do you really think that's going to happen? Police have enough on their plate as it is. Uh, that's not, it's not going to happen that way. As it is, if people say, well, the police say uh, they shouldn't be doing this. This is the job of the federal government. You know, the police, it's all law enforcement. Whether you're violating federal, state, or local law, the, the police of any jurisdiction have the ability to enforce federal, state, or local law. So simply because it falls under the, the supposed purview of being covered by the feds doesn't mean that the local police in a given jurisdiction like Phoenix can't arrest you for it. For example, if you're counterfeiting money, the police can arrest you for counterfeiting money. The Phoenix Police Department or the police department wherever you live can come and arrest you for it. That's not, they'll turn you over to the FBI, certainly, but they can come in and make the initial arrest on you for counterfeiting cash. I don't, I don't know where people are missing on this. Seems pretty logical to me. But this bill is labeled as controversial. This is a controversial measure. It's only controversial because the people that are in fear of this bill, the people that are really in fear are number one, illegals. So right away, we know illegals are going to be fearful of this bill because it means, uh-oh, I might not, my free ride here might be over. Two, the businesses that hire illegals. Now, they're already kind of scared off because we have the employer sanctions law, but this is just yet another tool that police can use in fighting illegal immigration. So they they are fighting against this because they, they're seeing their cheap labor source dry up and they might actually have to hire Americans. They might actually have to hire citizens and not pay them under the table and avert taxes. They might actually have to get somebody that was born in this country to work for their establishment. Of course, the other people, the other groups of people that are scared of this are, uh, are people that have been uh, fear-mongered into hating this. People that uh, have been told uh, that the police are going to come door-to-door uh, -to -door and they're going to do an immigration sweep door-to-door -door all across the state of Arizona. The police are going to come by, the feds are going to bust in, and they're going to take you out like they did Ilian Gonzalez at, at the gunpoint of an AK-47, and they are going to ship your ass back to Mexico or Guatemala or Ecuador or Argentina or wherever it is that you came from, they're going to kick your ass out of here. And that's it. And so anybody that's been uh, thought to believe that is, um, they, and they use these arguments, and, and those are the people that are most vocally opposed to it. And of course, the Catholics. For some reason, the Catholics, uh, when when they got their uh, when they decided to remove their penises from the little boys, uh, they decided that this was another cause that they should be taking up. Here, here's an idea to the Catholics, uh, to the to the bishops and the people that are uh, from the Catholic Church that are um, like that cardinal in Los Angeles. 
that opposed this bill, and I'm, I'm trying to, I, I just, I forgot his name. It's in my, my notes here. Um, but if I may say to you, sir, um, maybe uh, you should read the Bible sometime. I mean, if you're going to pretend that you're a man of God, and if you're going to hide behind the shield of God and say, these are all God's children, and oh, dear Lord, uh, these are all God's children, uh, I do believe they all have the right to come into this country. After all, we shouldn't have borders and sovereignty. We should be compassionate toward our fellow man. Yeah, but there's a problem uh, with that, sir. And the problem is that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says that you're to honor the laws of the land. And the law of the land is that people have to respect the border. They have to respect the sovereignty of the United States and they have to come in here through legal means, whether that's green card, citizenship, passport, whatever it is that you have to do to come here in a legal manner, that's what you have to do. You have to respect the laws of the land. And for the Catholic Church to make any kind of assertion about this whatsoever, for the Catholic Church to talk about this is particularly frustrating because these are the people that take little these priests that molest little boys for years, years, decades on end, and they just shuffle them around from parish to parish, and then they hide them in the Vatican, or they hide them someplace, and they get the lawyers to actually try and shield them, and then they have the audacity to say, oh, we'll take care of it. No, you won't. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah, you'll take care of it by shipping him off to another to another parish and say, just uh, ixnay on the Italy uh, oibe rape. Apre. You know, I mean, I mean, it's on, but for the Catholic Church, of all the people, I mean, read your own damn Bible. For the love of God. If you're, a, if you're a, a cardinal or if you're a bishop or whatever you are and you're in the Catholic Church and you're opposing this bill, how about, yeah, read through the Old Testament sometime. You might actually learn something. And I know very little about theology and even I know what's in the Old Testament when it, when it comes to laws of the land as it pertains to laws, following the laws of the land that you live in and what the, the Lord said about that. Phony Catholics. You got to love that. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're off to a running start here. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. Should you ever want to uh, drop us a line? Um, that's also our PayPal address for your contributions to the program. Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger. The screen name is Michael Graff Show. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. AFNet IRC, the channel is Net Radio. Um, you can go there, uh, check us out, hang out. Um, you can always give us a uh, drop us a little message on um, on uh, on there uh, on on EF uh, on our AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Graff show the screen name. Yes, of course. Um, got a little got a little carried away with myself there for a second. I think that covers all the necessary ways to get a, in touch with us. meantime we'll take a break and come back i've got uh, more stuff for you 
lot of stuff to get into. You know how we roll. It's uh, Michael Groff in exile. Of course I am on a Tuesday. And we'll be back. Pay attention. professor back in college that used to say there's lies damn lies and then there's statistics and I think the White House is engaging in all of the above I held the pieces of my soul welcome back segment number two Michael Graf in exile on Tuesday April 20th 420 2010 and uh, I was just looking at some of the latest job figures that have been put out by the White House now this is this is a report. Actually, they put this report out uh, last week on uh, April 14th. And this is one of those. This is a great. This is a great spin job and really a fudging of numbers. The likes of which we haven't seen in a long time. All right. So the numbers are according to. According to the White House figures, there are currently 129.7 million jobs, all right? They say, they claim that the stimulus that they have put out, this, this great stimulus package, saved or created 2.8 million jobs. That's the new number that they're putting out. Now, all the time, they're constantly readjusting that number. For a while, they say that, oh, we saved or created a million jobs. Then it's three million. Then it's five million. We've heard the number all over the board, okay? So now the, the newest report out from this report that's out on April 14th of this year says that the stimulus saved or created 2.8 million jobs. All right. So I guess what that means without the stimulus then that we would have had uh, roughly uh, 126.9 million jobs. All right. But the problem is, is that their own report trips over itself. The statistics sort of trip over themselves when they outline that actually there's, uh, there was 133 million jobs. Another part of the report uh, says that there's currently 133 million jobs, uh, in their, well, in their earlier issued report. So they, they cite their old report saying that there's a, there was 133 million jobs. And now they're saying there's 129 million, 129.7 million. So what they did was they literally whacked about 4 million jobs off of the, off of the total to make it look like they've saved or created 2.8 million. It's just a confusing thing. Here's, this is really, this is a microcosm of the White House and the constant readjustment of these figures so that they can make themselves look good. Basically, this is what they did step by step. 
Number one, uh, they, they said, how many jobs does the administration currently claim there would be without stimulus? 129.7 million current number of U.S. jobs, 2.8 million that they claim currently saved or created. 126.9 million is the figure of jobs the administration currently claims there would be without stimulus. Then if you look at the next step, okay, step two is, so how does that compare with the number of jobs the administration used to say there would be without stimulus? In the earlier report here, 133.9 million jobs as of January 2009, projection of jobs without stimulus, all right? They say 126.9 million current claim of jobs without stimulus. So 7 million jobs removed from the administration's baseline to justify the latest stimulus job creation claims. So what I'm trying to explain to you now, this, this is something you're having, I'm, you're hearing a lot of numbers. I'm sure your head's spinning. I know mine was in 2009. They say we've got a baseline of 133.9 million jobs. Now they say without the stimulus, there had only been 126.9 million. With the stimulus, 128 million. So really, they've had to change their estimates, their projections, and really, they've had to change, the bottom line is they've changed the amount of jobs that they've claimed they've saved or created uh, over uh, the, the 2009 figures. This is just more number fudging, and it's it's meant to confuse people. It's meant so that what happens is a Democrat can quote this and say, well, see, we've still saved or created 2.8 million jobs, but the problem is if you go back and you look at the earlier numbers, if you go back and you look at the numbers that they originally claimed that they saved or created, remember when the president gave that speech in February of 2009, shortly after he took office, and he said, we have a stimulus that's going to save or create uh you know, uh, 2.8 uh, 2 million jobs and we're going to have 133.9 million jobs. Well, that's not true now. It's just more nonsense um, from from the uh, Obama White House and just stuff that you they need to be called out on these kinds of things. This is the kind of stuff that to me is reprehensible. When you say you've saved or created... And there's no proof of saved or created jobs from this stimulus. Saved or created. You have no means of substantiating that. They could go and say, well, uh, because uh, a bunch of people didn't get fired in the, in the auto industry, that means we saved those jobs. Well, what's your substantiation for that? What's your proof? Well, um, really, because of the policies that we've had with the auto industry and because we've put money into the auto industry, we can... We can, about, we can make that estimation. We can approximate that we saved X number of jobs from the auto industry and the insurance industry and all the under, other industries that we've dipped the government hands into and that we've put government money into. But you see, there's really no way you can actually accurately claim that. And I just think the saved or created stuff, that's just, that's nonsense. If you believe in the stimulus and you believe that just handing people a bunch of money is a good idea, well then fine, okay, but don't try and and insult our intelligence by telling us that, well, you know, with this stimulus, we've saved or created 2.8 million jobs. Don't tell me how many jobs you're saving or creating when unemployment skyrockets over 10% 
And really, the number is even higher when you consider the fact that many people have dropped off of the job market entirely. So therefore, they don't figure into that statistic. So don't try and insult our intelligence. It's really demeaning, I think. I, th I think you're just you're doing an incredible disservice to the American people with this with this crap. So, again, uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics. We ought to just make that a regular feature on the show. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics. We'd get uh, we'd get some fancy music going on there. I don't. I have no idea what kind of uh, what kind of music, what kind of bed we would use, but. Um, um, I, I'm sure it would be it would be something. I mean, we <laughs> we we'd have to find some kind of bed for it. I uh, yeah, we we'd use this bed, <laughs> the worst bed ever. And now another edition of lies, damn lies, and statistics. to you by the Obama administration. Obama. Put it on and the jobs are all gone. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, transitioning out of that, if, if, we can, if we can possibly move away from that, where the hell... Well, do we find that bad? All right. And uh, speaking of uh, the government and administrative stuff, uh, here's a survey out. This is from the Pew Institute, the Pew Research Center, which says that nearly eight in 10 Americans don't trust the federal government. Wow. Uh, this would be the lowest mark in history. Nearly eight in 10 Americans say that they do not trust government to handle anything. Uh, to get us out of this mess, etc. Let's see here. They also, a survey illustrates uh, the ominous situation that President Barack Obama and the De Democratic Party are facing. So, you know, all that love for the Obama administration seems to be uh, waning just a bit. The survey found that just 22% of those questions say that they can trust Washington almost always or most of the time, and just 19% say they are basically content with it. Well, there's actually 19% of people that are content with the way things are going right now. I'd like to see who those people are. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty happy with how things are right now. What about all those unemployed people? Well, I'm employed and I, I make like millions, so I'm pretty cool. Did they, they, they ask everybody in Congress? Is that where some of this sample came from? Must have been. What's interesting about the 22% that say that... Um, What's it? 22% uh, questions say that they can trust Washington almost always or most of the time. Well, it's interesting. That's right about in line with the congressional approval rating right now, which is right about 21 or 22%. So <laughs> really, that's, that's a big indictment on government. And that's a big indictment on all this change. You thought if we, if we were going to have the hope and change, you'd think people would probably be more trusting. And again, this is not some conservative think tank that put this together. This is just uh, another one. This is from the Pew uh, Research Center. Now, let's see what else they say here. They say also, uh, nearly half say that the government negatively affects their daily lives, a sentiment that's grown over the past dozen years. 
Uh, this anti-government feeling has driven the Tea Party movement, reflected uh, in fierce protests this past week. Quote, the government's been lying to people for years. Politicians make promises and get elected. And uh, then once they get elected, they don't follow through, says Cindy Wanto, 57, a registered Democrat from uh, from Mama, from from uh, Mamacolin, uh, Pennsylvania, who joined several thousand for a rally in Washington on April 15th, the tax filing deadline. Quote, there's too much government in my business. It was a problem before Obama, but he's certainly not helping to fix it. Let's see. Majorities in the survey call Washington too big and too powerful and say it's interfering too much in state and local matters. The public is split over whether the government should be responsible for dealing with critical problems or scaled back to reduce its power, presently in favor of personal responsibility. Wow, imagine that. About half say that they want a smaller government with fewer services compared with uh, roughly 40% that want a bigger government providing more. The public was evenly divided on those questions long before Obama was elected. Still, a majority supported the Obama administration's uh, exerting greater control over the economy during the recession. But uh, let's see, quote, trust in government rarely gets this low, said Andrew Cohet, uh, director of the nonpartisan center that conducted the survey. That would be the Pew uh, Research Center. Uh, some of the backlash against Obama but there is a lot of other things going on as well. And he added, quote, politics has poisoned the well. The survey found that Obama's policies were partly to blame for a rise in uh, distrustful anti-government views. In his first year in office, the president orchestrated a government takeover of Detroit automakers, securing a $787 billion stimulus package, which, by the way, cost about $950 billion. They went well over, about $150 billion over. Uh, $787 billion stimulus package and pushed uh, to overhaul the healthcare system. But the poll also indicated the combination of factors that contributed to the electorate's hostility. The recession that Obama inherited from President George W. Bush um, and uh, the anger with Congress also carried over into this poll as well. So it's not just an indictment against Democrats. This is against Democrats, Republicans, basically anybody that's an incumbent right now. If you're in government, you're kind of in trouble, at least according to this uh, from the Pew Institute, Pew Research Center, who uh, conducted the survey. And, and they uh, pretty much are echoing what I've been talking about on the show and what many others have been saying for a while. And that is that these tea parties that are coming about like them, don't like them, whatever. It's a growing anti-government sentiment. And not just anti-government in, in so much as like an anarchist point of view. It's a reflection on how people feel about the current state of government. People do not trust their government. People don't trust uh, the government to run um, health care. They don't trust it to run the economy. They clearly aren't trusting it to handle the wars in Iraq or Afghanistan. This is, again, poll after poll. We read this uh, seemingly every day. And uh, this is the kind of thing that we're going to have to uh, deal with. And this is the challenge for the Obama administration. And uh, I think 2012 is going to be very interesting. Well, this this year 
here in 2010, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in November. Will people carry this over to the polls in November? Or will they forget is the typical short memory that most Americans seem to have uh, or the lack of gumption when it comes to actually pulling the lever or marking the line in November? Are people going to step up or are they going to forget about it? And are they going to they going to go right, ahead, right on ahead and vote for a lot of these incumbents again? Are we going to just get more of the same old, same old? Or are we going to get real change? The kind that we were told we were going to get. And I mean, but real, actual change. We'll, we'll find out. All right. Now, coming up, we've got a religion of peace update. We might as well do that because, well, it's been a while since we've checked in on uh, on our friends, the... The Islamics, we have a, uh, this, this is a great story. So we'll get to that. And I don't know, maybe we ought to take a look at the pop chart. God knows when the next time I'll be doing a podcast is. Could be tomorrow, could be three years from now. Who knows? So we'll get you a look in on the pop chart, see how uh, how that's happening. And you can start all over again. We'll uh, do some other stuff as well. Bunch more crap coming up. It's Michael Groff in exile on a Tuesday. <laughs> Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. It's also our PayPal address. So uh, always available for you to uh, send your most generous contributions. We'll take a break. We'll be back. More coming up. We'll figure all this out. Segment number three, Michael Graff in exile on a Tuesday. And, uh, yes, we forge ahead. Mike at KMGX.com. The email address, it's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Graff Show, the screen name. And so on, etc., so forth. Well, there are a lot of religions out there. Of course, there is just one religion of peace. And this is a little bit more disturbing than your typical religion of peace update. Well, disturbing 
in a funny way. You know that we <laughs> we have a a crazy Muslim cleric update, and uh, this is not this would be really sad, but. I've read several stories uh, that are the same to this, but this is from, I think this is from Iran, where uh, women, women who wear revealing clothing and behave promiscuously are to blame for the earthquakes. Yes, this is according to a senior Iranian cleric, Hoja Tolslam, I don't know, some, some terrorist. Uh, comments uh, follow a warning by President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad that a quake is certain to hit the capital of Tehran and that many residents should relocate. In a prayer sermon, the cleric said, quote, many women who do not dress modestly lead young men astray, corrupt their chastity and spread adultery in society, which increases earthquakes. Women in the Islamic Republic are required by law to cover their head, uh, to cover from head to toe. But many, especially the young, ignore some of the stricter codes and wear tight coats and scarves pulled back to show much of their hair. Quote, what can we do to avoid being buried under the rubble? According to this cleric, uh, he says, quote, there is no other solution but to take refuge in religion and to adapt our lives to Islamic moral codes. A divine authority told me to tell the people to make a general repentance. Why? Because calamities threaten us. Well, there you go. Iran is one of the world's most earthquake-prone countries, and uh, seismologists have warned for 20 years that one is likely to hit Tehran, which uh, straddles scores of fault lines. In the near future, some 12 million people live in the city, which uh, was last struck in 1830. Two weeks ago, President Ahmadinejad said at least 5 million would leave Tehran because of the earthquake threat. Some experts have uh, even suggested that Iran should move its capital to a less uh, seismically uh, active location. Tehran straddles scores of fault lines, including one more than 50 miles long. <clears throat> Though it has not suffered a major earthquake since 1830, in 2003, a powerful earthquake hit the southern city of, of, of Bam, killing um, 31,000 people about a quarter of that city's population, and destroying its ancient mud-built capital, or citadel, rather. And that earthquake did an estimated $32 in damage. So uh, it's very serious over there if they have a significant earthquake. So there you have it, a Muslim cleric that says, uh, if you wear revealing clothes, women that wear revealing clothes... Uh, and spread adultery throughout the land. They are to blame for earthquakes all around the world, and they will uh, eventually cause the downfall of the Iranians. So to that I say, well, uh, if that's the case, then Muslim women everywhere, please show us your ankles, really. Come on. All right, it's that time. Let's do it. to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of contemporary hit radio, or as you know it, Top 40. 
These are the 10 most played songs on the air across the country on radio stations everywhere. All right? We do this, uh, we try to do this every week, but you know, sometimes I just forget or it just doesn't come up or I, I say I'm going to do it, then I don't do it. You know, you know how that works. It's That's how the tease is. Here we go. At number 10 this week, it's the Black Eyed Peas. I'm a bee. Oh, hey. I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bee, I'm a bee. Man, this is great. I'm a, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm a Meanwhile, at number nine, it's Timbaland featuring Justin Timberlake. This is Carry Out. I have you open all night like your eye hop. I'll take you home, baby, let you keep me company. You give me some of you, I give you some of me. You look good, baby, must taste heavily. I'm pretty sure that you got your own recipe. So pick it up, pick it up, yeah, like you. I just can't. Terrible. All right, number eight is actually a pretty good tune, and it's broken into the top ten. I know every once in a while, what's amazing is... uh. Every once in a while you get these You get a song that actually breaks through that's decent This is The Script, they're an Irish band And uh, this is Break Even I'm still alive but I'm barely breathing Just praying to a God that I don't believe in Cause I got time while she got freedom Cause when a heart breaks, no, I don't break even Some of my worst. She finally met a man that's gonna put her first. While I'm wide awake, she's no trouble sleeping. Cause when her heart breaks, no, it don't break even, even. Words to live by for sure. At number seven is Teo Cruz featuring Ludacris. This is Break Your Heart. Luda. Now I may not be the worst or the best, but you gotta respect my yeah. honesty. Oh. And I may break your heart, but I don't really think there's anybody as bomb as me. Yeah. So you can take this chance in the end, everybody's gonna be wondering how you deal. Uh. You might say this is ludicrous, but tie your Luda. Number six is Bob. That's what it is. B O B. This is nothing on you. Girls all over the world. 
could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing on you. Nothing, yeah. on, you, nothing on you, baby. Not, nothing on you. No. I know you feel where I'm coming from. Regardless of the things in my past that I've done. Most of it Sounds really like a damn last song. Every song sound the same, same. Every song sounding lame, lame. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> These songs are so bad. It, it, I actually, I just kind of laugh at them. I, I think. I think for the most part, they're just hilarious. Well, that brings us up to number five. It's Train, Hey Soul Sister. Actually, a pretty big Pat Monahan train fan. When I first heard this song, I, I really wasn't into it. Now I kind of dig it. Now I wish I could say the same for number four. And there are songs by this artist at number four that, at least one of these artists at number four, I'm cool with. Not so much. Uh, not this song so much. It's uh, Lady Gaga featuring Beyonce, Telephone. The song that really pisses me off, really, because complaining about your phone ringing, I mean, just turn the damn thing off. I, I say that every time I hear this song. Meanwhile, at number three, another song that I actually like. I know you're going to... People have already made fun of me because I said I like this song. I don't know what it is about it. I just... I like it. There's something about it I like. Maybe I relate to it. I don't know. It's Lady Antebellum, Need You Now. They're like, Mike, you know this is a country band, right? this song what can i say and i don't know how i can do without i just need you now number 2 it's rihanna rude boy what a for seven kiss of with rihanna Another artist whose uh, every single song sounds pretty much the same. Yeah, 
one song on the pop chart for this week. I don't have the drum roll in front of me. Hold on. Let me see. Let, let me get the drum roll here. Here we go. The number, the number one song of the week on the pop chart is. It's, oh, it's the guy that says his name in every song. It's Jason Derulo in my head. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Everybody's looking for love. Oh, ain't that the reason you're at this club? Oh. Yeah, he says his name in every song. I just figure I'll just drop it in the background so you know it's him. In case you forgot. All right, so let's look at your pop chart. Derulo. A lot of heavy breathing in this song. I don't know what's going on there. This is the number one song in the pop chart. That's very depressing. Yeah, that's right. No more Kesha. She's not on the chart anymore. Don't Stop isn't there anymore. I, I miss it. I mean, considering how bad some of these songs are, I almost miss that. Anyway, there you go. That's a look at your pop chart. We try to do that at least once a week or once a week anyway. Um, we, we take a look at the pop chart. If we uh, remember to do so, if we get around to it. So um, be sure to check back in next week when I'm sure you'll hear the same songs. And if you don't hear the same songs, you'll just hear songs that sound pretty much identical uh, to those. I can guarantee you that. Like, is there any difference between the way that Rihanna song sounds in any of her other songs or, or that Jason Derulo versus uh, Ludacris or any of that stuff. Is there is there any difference between them at all? I ask that every week, and to this point, I don't think anybody... If I switched those songs in the middle, you wouldn't even notice. There'd be no way. It's, it is. It's the same song. All right. Well, I, I, I guess we'll uh, call it a day on that note. Mike at KMGX.com. 
That's the email address. It's also our PayPal address. You can send us a donation to this program, and I promise uh, it will go to help me eat and uh, keep the program on the air. Because I need nourishment. I'm a growing boy. All right, uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Our screen name is Michael Graf Show. And if you need me to spell that for you, then you've got major problems, but I'll do it anyway. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show, AOL Instant Messenger. EFNet IRC, the channel, Net Radio. Okay, you can hang out over there. Uh, MichaelGroff.com for all of your Michael Graf needs. Once again, that it would be MichaelGroff.com. And uh, let's see, what else? What else, what else do I need to mention here? Got the playoffs tonight. Suns, Blazers. I can't believe the Blazers won game one. Hopefully the Suns bounce back. Coyotes could go up three to one on the, the Detroit Red Wings tonight. The the Red Wings uh, hopefully will get eliminated. That's all I can. I'm looking for the Coyotes to, to go for the throat tonight. Go up 3-1 in the series. And the Diamondbacks suck. That's how I sum up uh, the current situation in uh, in Phoenix sports. I know it's pretty accurate, isn't it? Well, the rest of the NBA playoffs, we'll we'll look into some of these other series, maybe on tomorrow's show and uh, whatnot. All right, that's it. Have a great night, everybody. See you next time.